0: Today on From A to Ziggy, After All. Welcome to From A to Ziggy. This is the podcast where we're talking about every David Bowie song in alphabetical order. My name's Thomas. I'm Travis. And today we're talking about After All. From the album, The Man Who Sold the World, 1970. This is a very good song to follow up African
1: Night Flight with because it's a nice cool down after a marathon. After
0: uh, an intense experience. Um, After about three days up, awake. Three days awake. This is when you're... Yeah, this is when you've come down
1: from the influence. But you're still contemplating some kind of deep... Right. In a weird way, unlike with uh, with some of the other songs we have discussed and will discuss, where they are more ahead of their time, this song it fits perfectly into its time. Where it was just kind of following the Beatles, introducing the world to psychedelic music and really mainstreaming psychedelic music. This fits right in there. This song would... If you told me this song is on Sgt. Pepper's and I didn't already own Sgt. Pepper's, I would I would believe you.
0: Yeah, the, I think psychedelic is a good way to describe this one. It's got these uh, weird synthesizers going through it, these alien sounds. I can imagine in 1970, they would have sounded like nothing that anyone had ever heard before. Yeah. Or, or at least they're being used in a way you know, that showcases this the alienness the sort of hollowness emptiness coldness
1: which unsurprisingly after doing doing a bit of the research this song is uh, in the album. In general influenced a bit by David Bowie getting interested in Aleister Crowley and, and Nietzsche, which led to a lot of time sitting around, um, sitting around my apartment reading about Aleister Crowley and Nietzsche. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, right. That remind. I forgot about this, but there's the lyric, um, "Do what you will." That's uh, shall be the whole of the law. That's straight Crowley. Yeah. Which, by the way, uh, let's see. I think we haven't talked about Labyrinth yet. This would be a perfect transition from Labyrinth. But uh, let's, let's pretend we were just talking about Labyrinth. And then speaking of 80s children's movies, there's a great book. Or there's a movie you've probably seen called uh, The Neverending Story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's been about 20 years, but oh yeah. All right, got to rewatch that yeah. movie. And you you have to read the book, because uh, in the book there's like a whole lot of like Crowleyan imagery. It's basically Aleister Crowley for six-year-olds. Uh, like the Orin, the little gem that he carries around with him, the two snakes like, biting each other's tails. It, on the back of that, in the book, it says, "Do what you wish," which is like straight Crowley. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of that stuff feeds into this album too. In this song, it's a mellow
1: but very dark feeling song. This song's a great headphone song. There's just there's a so much going on, and it is very. Because it's so the tempo is so down, you do kind of need to just like have it going right into your ears and just let it wash right over you. And again, contemplate what the hell it all means.
0: Yeah, there's some good stereo separation in this song. You can sort of like follow things as they move around the soundscape. Yeah, it's slow, so you're sort of paying you can pay close attention to that kind of stuff. And it's like it's it sounds like a guy alone in his room, like isolated and he he, he, takes a, he takes a trip outside to talk to someone and then very soon after kind of regrets it or apologizes for it. Like at the end, he says, uh, I've borrowed your time. I'm sorry I called. I just wanted to tell you this thing, you know, this really depressing thing. <laughs> We're all alone. We all die alone. It, it does have
1: that uh, grim optimism that life is nothing in the grand scheme.
0: So it's told by an outsider, there's yeah. definitely this they, he talks, he talks about they and what they think of us and how, how weird they think we are, we don't fit in, they think that we're holding a secretive ball. Not really, somebody just invite them, you know, they're just, the, the grown-ups, they're just, they're just taller <laughs> children, that's all, really. What's this Oh By Jingo all about? I, it feels like very, just very like English slang, like so, Oh By Jingo. <laughs> right, yeah. What is there's something called jingoism I don't remember jingoism it's like like, it's um
1: when you're getting beaten over the head with a lot of the like god bless America it's the
0: greatest country in the world okay like nationalism yeah right yeah so what's this what's this song got to do with it might be just one of those, it,
1: it just, might just be a nonsense
0: word. It may, yeah, it may have Uh-oh. nothing to do with with jingoism it, itself.
1: He's he's kind of alone in this room, having all these realizations about the world and reacting to it. There's no room for anger, we're all very small. Oh, by jingo. There is a lot of, this song feels like the product of a lot of soul-searching after reading a lot of Crowley and Nietzsche. <laughs> about how we're all very small, the world is, you know, it's... it's it, there's no great beyond, there's no nothing, it's just what's happening right here, right now. Figure it out. Man is an obstacle. Sad, sad as the clown. Oh, by
0: Jingo. There's this detachment to it, like uh, speaking about man in the general metaphysical uh, sense, as if the narrator is like connected to some greater perspective of things. This is somebody who's awakened from, or come back from a, uh, uh, like a, some sort of a, I don't know, like a trip, like a, a kind of a, a journey. Yeah. I think some sort of.
1: We've all had at least one person we've known who's gone on either a vacation or a journey, be it physical or spiritual, and just like really wants to talk to you about it and is getting a little deeper with you than maybe you are prepared to be at that moment. Right. Let me me tell you about all these things I've realized. Yeah, it's just, it is very much a product of the time. Music was very, very introspective back then. I mean, not that it's not now, but not now. I guess it really isn't now no <laughs> then, by by the time this came out Bowie was in the mainstream well this not was, to the extent that he was gonna be but people were aware of him
0: I don't know this was this was getting there he was still kind of obscure at this point because i think his only real single at this point had been space oddity and he had come out with you know another single but hunky dory hadn't come around yet and and at this point i think he was still considered kind of a one-hit wonder if that was a, that was probably not a term back then but yeah, what would, would you, you say his movie.
1: parallel would be at that point then, like, when this, I'll, just to put it in perspective for people who are thinking about it against the prism of what they know about music now? So
0: he's kind of evolving from this uh, more Donovan-esque folk period into singer-songwriter material. He's almost at glam era, but this is sort of transitional and it's he's touching on proto-metal. What do you mean? Like, what? What was,
1: So, if um, what would you say? Like, the equivalent would be of like an artist that was more in
0: the last like twenty years. I don't know. I don't know other. I don't. I don't know anyone else. I only know Bowie. There the <laughs> <comments>. is <mean, laughs> no other
1: music. There is the only Bowie. It's not Bowie. <laughs> it's not Bowie.
0: I don't know. Yeah, this is this is sort of like transitional territory. It's hard to like come up with analogies. Like that, it's a weird album, and it's it stands on its own. It's not just you know, some transitional thing, but it's like I, I don't know if I'd call it mainstream. It's 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 a weird weird song, but it's many years after. It's so it's it's got this psychedelic influence, but it's many years after Sergeant Pepper. It's like three years after that, but it's. It's kind of like some songs from that one.
1: Yeah, when it, when it hits the, the um, there's a waltz break. Well, I mean, the whole song is, is in the style of a waltz, but then it really gets to do a good waltz breakdown around like the two and a half minute mark. And what I was, really reminded me so much of being for the benefit of Mr. Kite and just that like unabashed kind of
0: weirdness. Which that one is, is a lot more upbeat. Yeah, it's like that one segment it picks up a little bit yeah. in this one. It's and got, then it does it's got that more back of a gim pa pa rhythm to it. Yeah, this is a very dark song. Oh, and it's it's got the, uh, it sounds like it's got the stylophone in it. It's That's that little toy instrument that he used in uh, Space Oddity. This thing with, it's got the stylus and it's got like a keyboard on it, and you touch the metal stylus to the keyboard and it makes a very like harsh synthesized kind of sound. And then it's got very sharp transitions between the notes because you're just like, it's either playing one note or another and it just goes, it sort of rattles as it goes f- from one note to the next. Uh, I think it's the same instrument here. Let's just lie and say yeah, what it is. Yeah, sure. No one's going to fact check that. Right. Totally. Yeah, so it's got the stylophone in it. <laughs> Anything else about it? so I learned that it was covered by Tori Amos, which it's
1: funny. As soon as I saw that, my first thought was, oh, of course it was covered by Tori Amos. Right, like yeah, It just she, feels
0: like exactly the kind of song that she would cover. <laughs> which, so this was in, this was when, when? I remember the album that she did that was all cover songs. 2001. 2001. It Strange. Was, yeah, the B-side of Strange Little Girl. Girl. Okay, it was a B-side. So that's why I didn't hear it on that. Yeah. Yeah, now I want to hear that. I
1: bet she does. I I actually, I regret not listening to the cover earlier today. Yeah, I would imagine she does a really good job with it. Just, yeah, it's still very much in her
0: wheelhouse. You heard it here first. Travis says that Tori Amos does a very good job in her cover version of it. We'll,
1: we'll listen if not, it. we'll put a correction up on the website because that's <laughs> that. I mean, that's the very nature of reporting anything on the internet. It's all speculation, <laughs> right? In the in the guise of fact. So I'm going okay. to speculate that the Tori Amos version is very good and that you should listen to
0: it. How many stars do you give the Tori Amos version? I give it four Lilith Fair tickets. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to listen to these and put them up on the Facebook page. Or yeah, I'm sure Tori Amos will appreciate it. Anything else about
1: After All? This is a really good song for someone who is really into late-era Beatles and regrets that there's not more late-era Beatles. But it's kind of like David Bowie's ushering people who love the Beatles and are like, this is your transition, Beatles fans. Jump on here and follow me, and you will not be disappointed. So transition into what? Into finding something new. Because I'm sure when the Beatles broke up, there was a lot of people who were lost and to know what, you know david bowie's a he i i've always he just picked up right where they left off and then completed the journey for everyone he was a just the natural progression
0: this song in particular though it just seems it's so negative it seems so opposite to anything the beatles would have said even when they're dealing with you know darker subject matter which they they do it in kind of a do they even do it? Do they even go dark? They, they oh Yeah, head. they go dark. There are some pretty dark
1: Beatles songs. Dark Beatles Your blues album. is really dark.
0: That's from... that's, from that's Let I it mean, Be that's White album. album, but... So between Let It Be and White Album, it's, it's hard to split hairs about Beatles albums, but those are among my least favorite. So here's my feelings about the White
1: Album. I mean, I, I love the White Album, but I understand why people wouldn't. Because it really is like, I would say after Cry Baby Cry, you can probably turn it off after that. Because then it's just Revolution Number 9 and Goodnight. And it's like, okay, I, I don't really need to listen to those. But there's some just a am- like especially on, uh, on the first album, where it goes from the continuing tale of Bungalow Bill to Happiness is a Warm Gun to um, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. It's just, that's a murderous row of songs right there. Some of my absolute favorite songs are on the White Album. Yeah, I mean, even uh, there's some stuff on Sardar Peppers that just, even if it's not lyrically dark, just feels dark. "Day in Life" is a pretty dark song. "Getting Better" is kind of a dark song.
0: Yeah, but so even that's what I was trying to say is even when they go dark, they do it in an upbeat way. They yeah. do it with they don't gloss over it, but they kind of disguise the darkness. They don't make it sound yeah. dark and brooding. Whereas this is this is very much meant to evoke. The mood that the lyrics invoke. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anything else about After All? Um, How about ratings? How would you rate After All? How many, not tickets to Little Fair, but it's a Crowleyan <laughs> kind of um, How many sex magics would you give it? I would
1: give it a solid four sex magics. Four s- I really like this song. I, I Sometimes it's just fun to sit with a dark song and just kind of yeah just put it on in the headphones and just contemplate the very nature of things even if you feel kind of pretentious after it hits a lot of good spots for me
0: yeah this one let's see i'm gonna go with three and a half what did we say three and a half sex magics three and a half sex magics i like it too and i usually don't skip it and i, and I like i like the sort of it's got this sort of gee whiz revelation at the end with the, uh, the thought just occurred to me. The thought just occurred that we're nobody's children at all. But when I was tw- uh, 18, that was like really revelatory. And it's still like, I guess it's kind of nostalgic. It still sort of tugs at the heartstrings, how broody and moody and dark the song is. just And the weird alienating, alien sounding synthesizers. It's a fun, kind <laughs> of dark, yeah, song. All right, so uh, that that's that's gonna be it for for this episode for this for today's episode. Um, you can tune in after today and find another song that we'll be discussing. We'll be discussing a song called After Today, coincidentally enough.
1: <laughs> after Today will be a really good follow up to After All because it is it's ver- it's it's a nice peppy pick me
0: up. This is the uh, shot of vitamin B that you need after the Benzedrine that you've just taken to come down <laughs> off of the amphetamine rush that you were on for the past three days. <laughs> so yeah, after today. You can uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at From a to Ziggy. Go to fromadaziggy.com. leave a comment on the webpage. Tell us what you thought of after all. If you have any covers or suggestions, let us know. Thanks for listening, thank you Travis, and thank you listeners, tune in next time. Do
1: you remember Regatha's
0: being? It's such a lovely song. I've heard a rumor from ground control. Oh no,
1: don't say it's true.